This week's episode of Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast following two game dev scrubs into game devdom. If we can do it, you can too. And I hope you know it. That's the truth, y'all. I'm ready. <laughs> What's up, guys? I'm Taylor. Dude. How'd you enjoy your snow day, bro? It was it was good. Uh it was kinda cool. So yeah, Eugene got hit pretty hard. Uh I had no idea really that it was coming. I knew yesterday it started snowing a little bit, but you know, they always talk about things in the forecast, like it's going to be crazy and then it never is. Or, you know, it just snows for a little bit and never sticks. Here's a qu- quick question for you on that. Yeah. Like, does that bother you when they do that? They're like, get ready, get ready. And then it doesn't pan out. Or do you think that that's like a responsible thing to do, especially in Oregon? I think it's responsible because yeah. most of us over here don't expect it. So we're not prepared. And not only that, but I feel like, A, nobody takes it seriously enough. So it's like two years ago, you had all those people getting like trapped in their cars for days on end. Yeah. <laughs> like, because nobody, everybody was like, oh, what? Winter snowstorm? No big deal. And then they like literally got trapped on the freeway yeah. and buried under plows and things like that. Um, people die. And uh, that, and we just don't have the infrastructure to deal with it as well over here in the north uh, Northwest. So... Um, I was looking at the cams this morning and because I had to go through Eugene on my way to work. I ended up not going because I had to go through the mountains too and all of the mountain roads were closed. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, so, but Eugene, I was looking at the cams and it was just like buried. <laughs> yeah. Well, like last or yesterday we were looking for houses. So we saw five houses and probably the second to last one or last one, it started snowing and it started to stick and it was like 1 p.m. And that's kind of a uncommon thing around here. So I was like, well, you know, maybe it's going to, maybe it's going to snow pretty good. And then this morning I woke up at six something and looked at the window and it was like just coming down and there was already probably five inches on the ground. And like, it didn't stop snowing until probably close to noon. And I went outside with a, little yardstick and put it in the ground and i was thinking oh maybe we got like six inches it was freaking Mm -hmm. 11 inches dude yeah dude that's what like so i had to call my client in chicago this morning and i was just like hey man like look we got this winter snow advisory and i just i wanted to let him know so i texted him like really late last night because i didn't pay attention to the forecast at all yeah who does and we didn't get (laughs) snow until we didn't get snow until the middle of the night, but it was like, I, I already knew that you got, you were getting hit because I was seeing you talk about it in the Discord. Yeah. But I had to like te- text him. I was like, hey, man, you got to call me. Because I had to get up at like 3.30 to leave on time. <laughs> God. And yeah, I had to drive like down to Coos Bay almost. And, you know, I, I leave him a voicemail and a text and he goes, well, like, how bad is it? I'm like, dude, you're from Chicago. Like, you don't get it. Plus, like when I sent him the forecast, I was like, they're expecting, you know, like 12 inches in some places according to this winter storm advisor. And he's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) You like almost didn't believe me. Um, so that was, that was interesting. Um, luckily, luckily, like no questions asked. I said like, I just can't do it. Like, this isn't safe for me to like drive there. Like I have to go through the mountains and everything. It's like, I don't have a vehicle for that. Sure. I can chain up, but like, what's the point? I can do it later this week. Yeah. (laughs) It's already melting. So, right. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. I know, dude. Yeah, like we don't even live at a, at a really high altitude where I'm at. Like in the in the hills near Eugene, they said like it could be 17 inches to two feet, which is just crazy around here. So yeah, it's it was nuts. it was a lot. I actually like I had to go take the garbage out, and it was like you just couldn't see where anything was. So I tried to shovel our path <laughs> and we don't have a shovel so i was like using this uh little like handled broom what are those things called you have like the broom that you sweeping pan or whatever i was using one of those to try a and dust pan dust pan yeah i was using one of those to try and like sweep it but it kept breaking and so then i freaking like <laughs> went outside with a really big cutting board and was like <laughs> shoveling <laughs> snow with that but it made a huge difference. Like I cleared the path and 
it was kind of it's actually kind of like fun getting out there like i normally at this point in my life i don't really like the snow that much because uh, i don't want to drive in it or you know have to go to work in it but when you're just at home and it's snowing and you don't have to really do anything it's kind of nice and then i just kind of felt like going out in it and I ended up like having kind of a workout with just doing that because I'm like bending my back and throwing snow everywhere. It's kind of fun. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. But yeah, so we're fair and okay. I'm not sure what's going to happen tomorrow. Like there might, like the library almost never closes, but I think today was either partially closed or just, just completely closed. So I'll see what happens tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but dude, so biggest thing that happened to me this week, I talked a lot about in the discord. It's cat related. Could you could you guess that? Yeah. <laughs> um, one of our cats outside, we call her Wheezy. She got like really sick the last couple of days. Like starting Thursday, she just was coming late to dinner and like I wasn't really seeing her around. And two of the cats that we had sent like two weeks ago or yeah, two weeks ago to get spayed and neutered, they came back. And it was weird. It's like when they came back, she kind of changed the way she was behaving and it got to the point where she was just like not moving hardly at all. Like she first, it was like she disappeared and we couldn't find her. And then when she came back, she laid on her bed and just like curled up and like wouldn't do anything. Yeah. And so I thought we were going to have to make like a really tough decision this weekend. So we didn't take her to the vet originally because I sort of hand fed her and she was like taking it and I saw her like go potty and drink a bunch of water and everything. And so we thought, you know, maybe, maybe she'll, she's getting better if we just keep feeding her. And then yesterday is like, she was just lifeless and it was getting so cold. And, um, so Alia, like at one point, I think it was like four thirty, was just like, we have to go to the vet. We like, there's this emergency vet in Springfield. We have to go take her there. And so, we like picked her up, put her in a carrier, brought her to the emergency vet, and then we were there for, I think, four hours. <laughs> uh, wow. It was pretty awful, but they ended up like running running some tests and like putting some fluid in her and giving her some vaccines and uh, getting her all situated. And then it worked out that this lady who's been helping us capture them took her in and is fostering her. So. I'm just like, after today, I'm just so thankful that we got her in when we did. Because if she was out there right now with all that snow, I think she probably wouldn't have made it. Um, yeah. But yeah, she ended up having like a really bad fever. And she's the one, we call her Wheezy because she like has a problem breathing anyways. So she's just always been kind of sick, but we've kind of fallen in love with her. So I don't know. We felt like we had to do it. And then the craziest thing was like we went to this place in Springfield and we pull up and the first thing I noticed on this hospital, it's like just a small little building, but you, you walk in and there's like these big windows and there's multiple signs that say no guns allowed. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's weird. And then there's like a buzzer to let you in. And so you ring the buzzer and then someone from the front desk has to like let you in they unlock it and so you walk in whatever but uh, that kind of creeped me out and then after like she was taken back to like give her the shots and everything we went and waited in the waiting room and there was like these this tv on discovery channel and it was all about cop shootings (laughs) (laughs) and we're just sitting in the in the waiting room with nothing else to do and there's like all these sad people and like you know pets that are hurt and whining like there were dude there was like three animals i mean it was pretty small there's probably only like 10 people that came throughout the whole time i was there there was like three of them that ate some kind of poison and so people are like freaked out you know already and then we're sitting there watching the tv because everyone's silent and it's like all about these awful situations where cops have been shot like on the job and all this stuff. And one of them was like in Portland and it was like the most horrific one where this guy basically <laughs> was like, he shot this cop like so many times and was like going to execute him. And somehow the cop like managed to survive. And so that was like so intense. 
I was like already feeling really upset about it because I thought when we brought her there, I thought we were going to have to put her down. And then that happened. And then like the icing on the cake was like, so on the inside, there's this door, you know, the door you have to buzz in. On the inside of that, there's this sign and it says like, please. And then like, do not in all caps and underline, let other customers in, let the front desk do it. So anyways, we're just sitting there and we were the only two there. And then this guy like walks up and he's holding his dog and his dog like has a cone on whatever. And he's like, he rings the buzzer and no one's at the front desk. And he's like, Hey, can you guys let me in? And we're like, well, we're not supposed to like, there's a sign. He's like, come on, just let me in. And (laughs) I'm like, well, we're not supposed to let you in. And he's like, just let me in. And he's like getting all mad. And so I like kind of walked to where the front reception was. And I was like, hello, excuse me, someone's at the door, like, excuse me, and this dude is, like, getting super pissed, (laughs) and anyways, eventually some lady comes out and, like, lets him in, and I said, like, I'm sorry, and he's like, I don't care if you're sorry, just, like, super pissed off, and, like, the signs outside, the the TV show going on, I'm like, dude, (laughs) this is not good, and the lady kept... The lady at the front kept saying, like, yeah, this will be a little while. Like, go get go get something to eat. And so she said that to the guy, and he, like, takes off. And I'm thinking, like, oh, boy. Like, what's he, what's he going to go get? Like, he's this dude is pissed off. And I don't know. Just, like, I felt really uneasy there the whole time. But, <laughs> <laughs> but then uh, the lady that is taking care of Wheezy came. And like five minutes later, she was ready. And then we got out before that guy came back. But I was like, man, I don't know. I was creeped out. <laughs> Anyways, that was my story for the last couple of days. I was like super worried about her the whole time. I was like looking out the window all the time, like checking on her and like hand feeding her, like trying to get her to eat. And she was like just struggling. So not so much fun. Yeah. Well, good for you, man. <laughs> Sorry, it was so tough for you. It's okay. <laughs> I don't feel like any of that came out that interesting either. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that this guy like basically bullied you, and you're just like, I can't do it. <laughs> well, dude, like, what was I supposed to do? Like, what would if you? What would you have done? Would you? I wouldn't have interacted with him. Probably, I shouldn't but... have. Yeah, I like should not have looked his way. But it was, like, pretty close to the door, and there's, like, all these windows, so he could yeah. see everything. It's, like, yeah, I don't know. I'm pretty <laughs> pretty good at dealing with people like that. That's though, true. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm just, like. No, you handle I think you, you handled it the right way. You're, like, I'll go get somebody. Yeah. Like, if he's going to get mad at you, like, you, I wouldn't even apologize, though. No, I shouldn't He's, have. like, yeah. Open the door and been like, oh, see what a little patience gets you, dipshit? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyways. Well, nice. Yeah. That's exciting. (laughs) Is it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited that Wheezy's uh, getting cared for, but otherwise. We haven't. Absolutely. We haven't seen our other cats, though, the ones that are around. Like, I wonder where they're at with all this snow. I hope they're okay. Are you still Hopefully. there? Okay. <laughs> You're like, I'm so bored. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not bored. <laughs> Stop doubting yourself. Jesus. <laughs> I'm not going to shoot you, Taylor. Let I, me in. Yeah. Let me in. <laughs> uh, I'm going to kill that guy who did the open the door for me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my God. Anyways, what's new with you, man? Oh, yeah, not much. Um, I'm trying to think. Like, it's kind of weird because we talked last week, but we didn't, like, do an episode together. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't know. You got a new I computer. So. I did. Yeah. yeah. So that's, like, the one thing that's notable. Like, literally been tinkering with that uh, this morning because I, too, had a snow day. Yeah. Um, you know, I said I was supposed to drive to the coast. Um, 
that got canceled. Then one of you know my other one of my other jobs is like, well, do you want to come in and do this? And then my boss is like, actually, it's incredibly terrible down here. Don't come. <laughs> so um, ended up uh, staying in. Bailey took a half day today, so we kind of spent some time together there. Nice. But other than that, yeah, I was kind of tinkering with this thing. So yeah, um, uh, for a craft computing video, uh, which if you haven't figured it out, it's a YouTube thing I'm a part of we decided to kind of basically do an upgrade on my current desktop uh, system. But uh, one of our viewers had donated a bunch of parts for me. So he like sent it a bunch of stuff, but we ultimately ended up, we weren't really able to use them. So we kind of did another sort of Franken Frankenputer type setup and scrounged and scavenged. And we were still able to get a system together. That's like a pretty mark, like, it's not modern by any standards, but it's a pretty marked uh, performance increase over my old desktop. Nice. Even though I think uh, I think it was pretty well established afterwards that there was some there was some quality stuff inside my uh, desktop, but it's kind of nice. Yeah, I um, ended up getting a way more powerful uh, processor and my fir- well, I have an SSD, of course, per Taylor's recommendation that I put in my mm-hmm. laptop, and that makes my laptop just amazingly fun to use and can boot that thing up in seven seconds. Um, But this is my first SSD and a desktop. Um, I have my first water-cooled system here, so that's pretty fun. (laughs) Um, Why do you laugh when I say that? I don't know. To me, it it just seems like... uh, Well, and no offense, because I'm pretty sure... Tradusa also has a water cooled system, but like it just seems so extra to me, you know. Like, yeah, a little bit. Like, it depends on like what you're interested in. Yeah, and it's crazy to me how many water cooling systems and parts that I saw when I was in CES. Like, it's still a huge market. Yeah. Like I thought we would have come to some other advancement by now, <laughs> but it's still a huge market, and they're still coming up with ways to um, increase the cooling potential of these systems. Yeah. And I don't know, like maybe it is a little much, but it allows me... Well, you can you overclock know, to... things, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Is that what you're doing? No, not right now, because I want to I benchmark it without any overclocking or anything, and I haven't had a chance to do that yet. Because we we're going we to gonna bench it as part of the video just to compare it to my old system and see things. And oh, nice. just like running, like running like the preliminary numbers and like looking up the benchmarks... It's like a sixty percent like performance increase. Dang. Um, yeah, which is kind of cool. That is cool. And all of my parts are like way more power efficient. And then of course, like you just notice with the SSD and all this stuff, and also the water cooling system. Like the first thing you notice is how quiet everything is. Yeah. <laughs> like, You're like it's really nice. Like powerful Prius over there. Yeah, basically, <laughs> right. So it's it's kind of fun, and uh, my first uh, LED setups as well, RGB LEDs inside. Nice. So. It's kind of fun. Like yeah. I don't know. You know, I used to kind of scoff at those those setups that have like RGB capable fans and all this stuff, but like now that I have them and can control them and like program them, it's like really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, like my keyboard, my keyboard that I got from CES is the same, my mouse is the same. I have an RGB mouse pad. <laughs> like I'm just living up the Lux RGB life over here. I so. guess. Uh I don't know. It's fun. It's uh yeah, but so that was really cool, and so we did a whole video on that yesterday, and so I've just been sort of uh, tinkering around and getting uh, all settled in. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I, I don't have anything against those. I just I don't think I at this point in my life I'm re- I'm I'm good with like my block case that has no nothing fancy in it. But... Yeah, well, me too. <laughs> Yeah. Here, you know what? I'll send you a picture. You should. Yeah, post what? You should post one in the Discord. I don't know about that. Why? Judging by your reaction, I don't want to get made fun of. <laughs> I'm not making fun of you. I had uh, my first gaming desktop had LED lights in it, some of the fans and stuff. I thought it was pretty cool. And especially like at night when you're just like in your room, like gaming by yourself, and there's like that glow of your PC that's just like humming, you know? Yeah, that's pretty neat. All right, yours is pretty cool. I like that clear case, the clear side yeah. that you have. You can see all the components, and it's very tidy. I will say, 
Yeah, you got to thank Jeff for that uh, uh, sweet, sweet cable management. Yeah, <laughs> I hate cable management, but I can totally respect it when it's like nice and tidy. Yeah, yeah, it is uh, super clean. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so that was kind of my week. Nice. Spent doing doing that. Uh, I finally completed and beat Red Dead Redemption Two. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so, like, I'm, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show, but it's, like, I got to the end of, like, I guess the main part of the game, and I thought it was over, but there's actually, like, two more chapters of, of like, an epilogue, they call it there, where you play as another character. So that was, like, dude, just that game is, I, I thought it was so well done, and it's, like, it's interesting, like, reading all the negative reviews that the game got, because, like, I just don't quite understand a lot, and it, this ties into, like, games and like just stuff like that in general like i don't understand a lot of negative reviews like it's like you really got to reach for stuff and like people have their complaints on this this game and i'm not going to say that they're not warranted but uh i was really moved by the game in general and i am still having fun playing it even after beating it how many Um, hours did you put into it dude so far i probably have 80 or 90 hours in it yeah like and I'm still not bored of it. Yeah. Like, here's the thing. Like, I went, I went and played. I, I turned on Spider-Man the other day because I, I went and saw Into the Spider-Verse again. And I was like, oh, I want to play Spider-Man. So I turned it on and I was bored within, like, maybe 15 minutes. <laughs> and I still, like, this game is still, like, a real treat to play. And, like, it's fun to swing around and fight people and do all this stuff. But, like, and I'm sure if I bought the DLC and did the extra missions, like, it would be enjoyable to have something to do that I haven't already done. But that's just not the case. Like I've put probably twice as much time, maybe even four times as much time into this game as I did Spider-Man and I'm still enjoying it. Like I'm still not bored of it. So, so what were some of the things that people complained about? Well, so there's some complaints with the storyline and things like that. Um it's like pretty emotional. Um, and some people just didn't really care for it. Like there's some things that a lot of people equate with like nonsensical, you know, like choices, I guess, like writing choices that they didn't agree with and things like that, I guess. Hmm. Um, but then also like a lot of people complain about the animations. The animations are like really, really thorough and you have to complete them to like perform actions. Oh yeah. Um, but to me it lends like a certain fluidity to the controls, like, you know, when you're picking plants, like you got to sit there and watch your character pick the plants and stuff <laughs> them in his bag. When you're yeah. like skinning an animal, you have to sit there and watch him skin the animal. And yep. it's like, I don't think any of the animations are too long. They are a little long, but I don't think they're too long. And they're kind of like, they just look nice. Yeah. Like the game is really well captured that way. Well, I think that just kind of goes to gamers sort of being impatient. Like they just want things to be instantaneous. And especially like it's it's sort of like when you play a game and you see the graphics for the first time and you're like blown away by it and then you kind of just get numb to it and you're like, okay, like I'm here for one thing and it's to get kills, you know, (laughs) like, I don't know. Yeah. And see, it's kind of interesting because I turn on the game. Oh, and I guess there's some immersion issues. That's something that I can I can agree with is like some of the immersion issues where you know, you're supposed to be like keeping a low profile or doing something like this. And then you like murder a hundred people to escape in this like epic gun battle. Um, it doesn't feel very realistic, but then I'm playing it. And like, without having read any of the reviews, I was like, well, it is a game and like, it is fun to do. Right. (laughs) So like, why not gamify some of the realism a little bit, you know? Yeah. Reading some of the, like if you just type red dead redemption to, uh, reviews, um, most of the top ones are all, um, pretty positive. I don't, you know, there was, I, I, I read some, a lot of like opinion pieces about like how the game is overrated, how it's clunky, how all these things, but, uh, it's scored really highly. It's got a 10 out of 10 on IGN. It has a 97 Metacritic score. Like, yeah, I just saw those. It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's so, probably pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not even. I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. I wish I I would have pen uh, bookmarked some of those negative reviews just so I can share some of the dumb 
complaints that people have. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think people just get really nitpicky about, especially about things that they really love. Yeah. Like they've been anticipating for a long time and then it doesn't play out exactly how they want it to. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I was just gripped by it. I ended up crying at both of the game's climaxes. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, Bailey came home one, uh, one day from like working and, uh, it was like a Saturday or something like that. She had to go in and I finished the game or finished the first part of the game, hit the first climax. And like, I'm literally just crying on the couch <laughs> and she's like, are you okay? I'm like, <laughs> and, oh my God. It was just so heartbreaking. Yeah. And, uh, and then the ending climax too, it's like, it just packs this huge emotional punch and is really satisfying and fun. Um, <laughs> nice. And what's really cool is they added, like, the whole area to the game that's in the first Red Dead Redemption. So the whole area that you play in Red Dead Redemption 1 is available after you beat the game. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so you can go and ride around and do all that stuff. And I was like, oh, like, I'm riding around and it felt kind of empty um, and, and bland, but there's a lot of stuff going on. And to cap it off, like, I found a treasure map, um, and the treasure maps are one of my favorite parts of the game, because... Um, you know, you can just look it up and find where the treasure map leads, but otherwise, like, you have to, like, use your wits to, like, decipher, you know, the map or, like, solve a riddle or whatever to, like, figure out where the map is pointing you. And I found one as the character you play in the first half of the game, and I could never find out where the treasure led, and it's because it leads to a place that you can only access as the second character after you beat the game. <laughs> oh. So nice. it was like really interesting forethought and it was like a completely unique item that you can't get anywhere else, you know? So it's just cool that even after you beat the game and you go to this area that none of the main storyline touches on, yeah, you can still find new things. So that is cool. sounds like they put a lot of gameplay into it, dude. They did, which is, I haven't good even played you... online yet. <laughs> I heard online was kind of crappy, but I don't well, know. It was in beta. Oh, it's in beta. Yeah, it had like six missions. That's the thing everybody hated on it. They're like, it has six missions, and once you're done, it's boring. But like, <laughs> you know, buddy, friend of the show, John Schaefer, like he's played it a bunch, and he's always kind of like an early adopter of online games. Mm -hmm. um, but like, he's been begging me to hop on and play with him. And even if there is only a few missions, like it sounds like there's enough to like it, it sounds like it's just like playing free roam but online where you can kill other online players and stuff so uh i don't know yeah, maybe it's boring kind of cool i don't know yeah yeah well that's the thing like this game is like the one of the most rewarding like the free roam mechanics and everything or just like oh, one of yeah. the most rewarding i've ever played yeah totally Anyway, shit, I could talk about this forever, and everybody's <laughs> listening to this like, I don't think it was that impressive or something. I don't know, but sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't really connect all that well with, like, GTA V. Like, the storyline just didn't quite grip me, and maybe it's because I didn't adopt it as early. Like, this is one of the only games, uh, that and Spider-Man, like, one of the only games I adopted really early on in the last, like, ten years. Like, I don't buy new games. And yeah. I feel super justified and vindicated having bought this one i mean if you put 90 hours into it or whatever that's you know less than a dollar yeah. an hour so right I'd say and that's, that's the thing it's it. like it's, that's the thing that's like going out to the movies like four times with you know with a person i guess yeah for the cost. and that's not including snacks that's like two movie dates if you get snacks and load up on everything right yeah you know <laughs> like or oh wait yeah, I guess so. Well, if you mean, if you're going by cost, yeah. Dollar per hour. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. So if you just take the cost of the game, it's like one and a half movie dates. There yeah. we go. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. And I don't know. You know, I, I, I feel like thanks to games like Morrowind and Gothic, I feel like I, I just have the right headspace to play single player games in such a way that, like, I don't really look up a lot of stuff. I just play it and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And I, that it, like it, it gives you such ownership over the game in a way, right? Yeah. Like I, I don't feel like I've ever been this close to a game since like Morrowind. That's pretty cool. Yeah, especially since you have a podcast about Morrowind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, that's how I felt with Shadow Tactics. Like, yeah, right. That game just got me like a game hasn't got me since like you know two thousand five or something 
Right, dude. Like, and see, yeah. and that's so, like, I'm, it's so cool to hear you say that because I, I remember like our first conversations about computer games, you would always talk about commandos. Yeah. And like the fact that decades later, you're just like, <laughs> I'm still into this type of game. I know. It's and weird. it scratches all the right itches and all the like, all the right like aesthetic itches too. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's like that... commandos is cool, but like Japan, come on. I know. Yeah. And, and just the upgrade of technology and, Everything that the developers have learned since then. Like, I went and tried to play Commandos 2 after that, yeah. and I was like, eh, <laughs> it's not quite as good as I remember it, but, yeah. you know, I still can enjoy it for the fact that at the time it was like just this game that gripped me. And, you know, it was one of those ones where I, I would beat a mission and I would want to try it again because yeah. I wanted to do it a different way. And there are not yeah. many games that that get me to do that so yeah um, oh that's cool man we live in a great age yeah <laughs> so anyway um new desktop pc beat red dead redemption but i'm still playing it nice. and that's me that's what i've been doing i guess cool well i uh one thing i have been consistently doing not like i do it a lot but i've been playing guitar a lot lately um, Excellent. Yeah, only like probably ten or fifteen minutes a day, but it's been really fun. I when I started, I watched a couple little videos about it, and then I just kind of like went on my own and started kind of noodling. And so I'll look up chords and stuff and try and get my fingers to sort of remember how they are, um, and then I'll just kind of play around. And it's fun because like I've discovered some chords just by like putting my fingers in certain places it's like it's just kind of bringing me back like i haven't felt about music in a long time and it's just from a different different angle you know because i've never perspective yeah yeah um like i've played a couple things i'm like oh this sounds like something Rhett would have written or you know (laughs) like (laughs) uh but it's been a lot of fun my fingers are getting all calloused (laughs) so it's good times Nice, dude. Yeah. That's what's always really fun. It's like, I love going back and forth. And it's like, I play guitar a bunch, get really invested in guitar. Um, and I try to always like, you know, learn a couple new things a week and like, or like look at a certain piece of music, uh, from a couple, couple different angles. And then if I ever get bored of that, it's like, I go and play the drums and I do the same thing. And it's so refreshing <laughs> yeah. you know you're like oh yeah like yeah. just looking at it with completely different angle from completely different lenses yeah um it's fun it is yeah I, in a certain way it really made me miss playing the drums too because i yeah. just haven't played in five years or something it's wild well you know what taylor you can come on down and you can play your drums at my house <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll take you up on it there you go. Yeah. I'm about to use them in a month-long run, so... Good. Glad. Again. This will be yeah. like their fifth musical or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good, dude. Beyond that, I heard... So I heard about the job. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. So, uh... You don't, it doesn't sound positive. Well, it's positive, but it's not exactly what I was hoping for. Um, basically... They told me the way that it w- the job was classified made it so that if I would have been offered the job and accepted it after the duration of the project that they are hiring for, I would have been out of a job. So what they tried to do essentially was reclassify the job so that I wouldn't lose my job. <laughs> yeah. But the, sh- the thing that sucks is just that I have to reapply for the one that they just posted. And so oh I'll, my I'll God. have to interview again. <laughs> so I'm a little bit bummed about that, but I got really positive feedback um, from pretty much everyone that I talked to about it, including the hiring manager and everything. So I think I think I still have a good shot at getting it. It's just like, you know, st- government jobs take a long time for everything to get finalized so yeah I know, uh, dude. but you know it kind of like again put a driver behind me you know like i i want now i'm like getting back into 
to design patterns and I've been reading a ton about design patterns. Like last week I published the observer pattern episode, which was cool. And this week I'm looking at decorator pattern, which is pretty interesting. Um, but I found, so when you talk about design patterns, there's this one particular book that is like the book. It's literally just called design patterns. And it's by these four guys. They call them the Gang of Four. They wrote this book in 1994. And it is like the 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 resource for design patterns. And there's only one edition. So, <laughs> so they're just like, here, we'll drop this huge bit of knowledge on everyone. And like, it will last for eternity. <laughs> um, and so I was pretty stoked that I, I ended up finding it. The developers that I sit near, they have like a library of books of their own and they have a copy of that. I like looked Sweet. for it one day and I couldn't find it. And then I came back the next day and I was like, oh my God, they have it. So I've been using that in addition to the Head First Design Patterns book. And I've just been kind of getting deep into that stuff. So it's been cool. I'm learning a lot about software architecture and you know, just making making code that is scalable and, yeah. uh, you know, your code is just cleaner and much more elegant. So it's cool. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to put out more episodes. So that's what I'll be doing probably in my free time a decent amount. Sweet. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um <laughs> We're super exciting people this week. Also, do you watch True Detective? No, you don't, because you suck. Anybody else out there watch True Detective? <laughs> wow. I They came out with a new season, didn't they? Yeah, just f- uh, the finale was last night. Uh, oh, okay. So it was, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I'm not going to say it's like as good as the first season, but like it was enjoyable in its own way. And uh, the cast was really good. The storytelling was pretty tight. Um. Oh yeah, this guy, um, Mahershala Ali. Yeah, yeah, boy. I remember seeing like a preview for this. Yeah, uh, it was really good, man. And uh, there were some things that were like a little convoluted, more convoluted than it needed to be. But overall, I was pretty happy with it. And everybody like listening right now, they're probably enraged. Like I went on the True Detective subreddit and was like reading some of the things people had to say, and like nothing positive. But oh, really? Yeah, I mean, okay, there was a lot of positive things, but there was so many just, like, people out there that's, like, you'd think that they were, like, responsible for, like, a bunch of Emmy Award-winning, like, daytime TV shows or something, the way that they (laughs) write with their armchair expert, you know, knowledge. Um, You know, and granted, everybody's entitled to their opinion. This is what I was talking about with Red Dead earlier. It's, like, it's easy to write negative things, you know? Yeah. but it doesn't make you an expert and everybody thinks that because they have a negative opinion about something that suddenly they're an expert. (laughs) Uh, And granted, like a lot of the things that they're saying, it's like agreeable things, but like, does the good outweigh the bad? Like, did you, do you think that it was a wasted eight hours of view time? Like, no, like you watched it all the way through, you know, and granted, I guess you're kind of held hostage by having to learn what the fucking mystery was at the end. But I didn't think it was a waste. I just thought it was different than what they did in previous seasons. So, you know, and there's a couple of interesting little choices that they did that are like, hmm, really? But overall, pretty good. Mahershali was great. The other guy was really great. Wish I could remember his name because honestly, I think he was kind of the star of the show. Um, Is that how many seasons are there? There's three. They're all all just like independent. Yeah, that's cool. Have you seen the first season? I don't think so. I think it's like one of the best, like eight hours of television ever made dang yeah i think i have it on my wish list of things that i ali and i will watch together but yeah it's really good man it's really good matthew mcconaughey woody allen or woody allen god damn it why do i always say that woody uh woody harrelson yeah (laughs) it's like the third time i've made that mistake this week well, I mean, um, how many Woodies are there that you know? You got Woody Harrelson, Woody Allen, Woody from Toy Story, like <laughs> Woody Gun Three. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Well, Alia and I have been kind of going through this documentary kick because it started. It started with the Fire Festival ones, you know. Yes. Uh, 
Then we watched this flat earth documentary. What was it called? Are you a convert now? No. It was, it made me very sad. Uh, Shoot. Oh, Behind the Curve is what it's called. It's on Netflix right now. And it's basically about, they follow like this guy who's kind of like a leader in the flat earth community. Yeah. And man, it was like just shocking, like hearing everyone talk and like, I honestly, I didn't know exactly what they believed. Now I do. Uh, they, they acted like science had nothing on them. And <laughs> yeah. The interesting part of that, about that documentary though, is that some of the people were trying to do scientific experiments, but they were doing it with the intention of proving their theory. It wasn't like they went into it with open minds. It was like, okay, yeah. we're going to run this experiment and get the result that we want. And like, <laughs> see, one of the problems that I think, I don't know why it's blossomed lately, but people think that the point of a debate is to prove your point. But actually, like, if you enter into a true, like, good faith debate, like, you are admitting as part of just the nature of a debate that, like, your point is not you know, your point is fallible. Your point is not a hundred percent set in stone. Right. You were agreeing that like your point could be wrong. <laughs> yeah. But nobody argues that way. So. I know. <laughs> yeah. If they did, I think I might be more willing to be in an argument. Cause I feel like if I get beat in an argument, I think a lot of times I would, I would change. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just me saying that, but. Well, it depends. Uh, like you yeah. have, I think, I, I've sort of over the years have come to the thought that you have to be given space to change your mind after a debate like that. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's not going to happen right then and there. And yeah. you can't just get beat over and over and over and over and over the head with a point. Like, right. Like, there's got to be a point where, like, both people in the debate can just amicably be like, all right. And then you can think about it on your own and be like, okay. <laughs> I was yeah. a little wrong. Yeah. You know, well, the, so these guys on this documentary, they're like, one dude, he bought like this twenty thousand dollar piece of equipment that, like, I can't remember the specifics on it because it's been a little while, but it basically measured something very, very precisely to prove that the Earth was had it was round, and they they bought one and they thought that like the government or something was like altering what this thing would show. So they bought one, they spent $20,000 on it and then they ran the experiment and it showed exactly what like everyone has been saying. And they're like, no, 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 that can't be right. So then they buy this other stuff. So now they like set the machine inside some liquid to, you know, another tube that like holds it in this liquid to see if maybe, like the buoyancy or something of it would change the results and like all this stuff. There was like several experiments where the evidence just like smacked them in the face and they're like, this can't, this can't be right. And then they're like, you know, but then this next experiment that we got, you know, it's going to, it's going to prove it and it's going to show everyone, you know, like we totally (laughs) know it, you know, and that's how the ending of that documentary was just spot on because they were doing like this, test with these lasers where they set these lasers up uh to measure the curvature of the earth and and they like had some like two people really far away from each other and these ultra powered lasers Mm -hmm. and one mirror they had one guy with a mirror and the other guy shot a laser and he's like okay so if you hold that like at your chest level that like we're aiming it so that it'll hit you at the chest level and it'll come back to us. And and that'll prove that the earth is flat based off of like the distance that you are away from us. And, uh, so the, the guy goes out there and he's like shining the laser. He's like, Hey, we, we don't see anything. He's like, uh, can, can you lift it up? Like lift it way over your head. And he lifts it way over his head. And then instantly they see the laser and it like proves that the earth is curved. And the guy's like, Oh, he's like, interesting 
<laughs> Dude, they were measuring the curve of the Earth 2,000 years ago, dog. I know, like, I know. You're yeah. not going to outsmart, you know, freaking Pythagoras. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> uh like some honestly like some of their ideas for their experiments i will say had science in them and were sort of clever like honestly the idea that they had with those lasers was like kind of interesting exactly how they measure the curve of the earth now yeah like yeah uh, that's smart however like you got to be open to admit that I like know. yeah like you got to go with what the science says right <laughs> Yeah, so that that was just wild. I honestly, I just ended up kind of feeling bad for everyone because really what it seemed like was these people, most of them had gone through something really hard in their lives and then they kind of just like latched onto this group that they felt like made them special. And That's like, usually how them, it goes. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I don't know, dude. It was it was interesting. Um. And then, I mean, that's just like how those types of groups work. Like that's cult mindset in a way, you know. True. Yeah, I guess that's true. Hey, they they even had. Uh, oh, this was one thing that was like ridiculous. They came to Salem for the eclipse uh, when they were making the documentary. the The main guy, his name is um, Mark. Uh, shoot, I forget his last name. It's like a military name. Um, Anyways, they they came to Salem and he's like watching the eclipse and he's like, oh, it's blown. This blows me away. Like, it's so amazing. And then he gets on. He has his own podcast and like YouTube show and he gets on there and he's like, yeah, it's so obvious that that it was flat. The moon was flat. Like (laughs) you could totally see it. Like uh, it's crazy. But Uh, that's. Yeah, I'm looking on uh, on Quora.com here, and uh, I was trying to remember the guy's name who um, measured the curvature of the Earth way back in Greece. And, uh, you know, somebody posted the question, like, the question was, why can't the curvature of the Earth be measured? And somebody's like, it can, and, like, posted all these ways that it was measured over the, over the centuries. All these things that we use now, and how we use, like, survey equipment to do all this stuff now, and... Uh, and then somebody wrote, um, somebody, and even another person was like, yeah, it's been measured in detail. Every little contour is measured and every time it changes, it's measured. Um, you know, that's how we can tell like the oblongness of the earth at any given point. And then somebody said, for all those who answered that the curvature can be married, uh, measured, I'm sorry. You can't actually answer this question with theoretical responses. No, you'd have to have the data that the surveyors use, that the map creators have. You would have to actually measure the surface of the Earth. I don't care if you have a degree in mathematics. You're failing in common sense. (laughs) (laughs) And he says that he goes on to say the surface of the Earth has been measured many, many times over the years for building railroads, creating canals, map making, etc. Guess what? There's never been any detection of a curve this is not hard to fathom unless you're devoted to believing a lie (laughs) (laughs) oh wow Uh, Uh, a theory is not a proof it is a theory i'm so sorry some of you are so confused (laughs) (laughs) uh wow yeah the the guy i was thinking of was uh eratosthenes yep he's the one from if you watch Cosmos. Yep. Eratosthenes. He did, yeah. uh, what's that? Uh, the, did, 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 in the Shadows Alexandria. of Alexandria. Yep. And, right, they did they use wells? They used, it was, they used the Shadows of Obelisks. So, yes. Yeah, one guy was in Alexandria and the other guy was, like, south. You know, yeah, Cyanese or something. Or like, yeah. And yeah. he asked him to, like, draw the shadow Sign at the same time for both and one shadow was like different was bigger than the other so yeah yeah right you know why <laughs> <laughs> i don't know because why because the curvature of the earth it's a lie <laughs> yeah i'm pretty sure that pythagoras's theorem comes into play in some way probably but anyway yeah. uh we're running about 50 minutes yeah i got one more thing yeah uh, another documentary we watch is called Sour Grapes. Super interesting. It's about a guy. It's interesting. It's about a guy who, 
basically made a ton of counterfeit wine. Yeah. And made like a yeah, hundred million dollars off of it. Yes. Oh, you've watched that documentary? I haven't seen it. No, so sorry. It's like on my list. It's it's really interesting. I'd recommend it. Kind of falls into a similar vein as some of the fire stuff. I I told Allie, I was like, you know what? I don't know why, but like we must we must be fascinated with fraud. <laughs> it is fascinating. Yeah. Like Dude, what that's goes why on one of my... these people's heads that thinks yeah. that they could pull this off? Some people do, man. Look yeah. at the guy, uh what's his name? Frank Abagnale, who is the focus in the movie Catch Me If You Can with Tom Hanks oh, and uh-huh. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Dude. Like, some of his first cons that he ran were so simple, but he made it, like, a living doing it. Like, he went to a costume store, bought a security guard outfit, and then he went to the bank's Dropbox, hung a handwritten sign over the Dropbox that said, Dropbox is uh, malfunctioning, please leave your money drop, like, your money drop with the security guard. (laughs) And he just (laughs) took all these people's money and then went about his day. Like, and he laughs, like, he talks about it. He's like a, he's like a consultant for the FBI now. He helps them catch frauds and con men. And he, he talks about it in his book and he's like, how on God's green earth does a drop box malfunction? Like, (laughs) he's like, it's malfunction proof. It has a hole. (laughs) You slide an envelope into it. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, that's, and that's why like shows like one of my favorite shows is white collar, which is also based on Frank Abagnale and it's just a you know it's a cable show about this guy who is a ex-criminal like art thief con man uh forger and he helps the FBI catch all of these like art thieves and white collar criminals hmm. and it's really good um, yeah I, I really recommend it the, ca- the character is one of my favorites kind of reminds me of Quoth from Name of the Wind in so many ways because he's like this like great artist like he's not a musician but he's like a like a great painter and he uses it to like for like make forgeries of bonds and then return those bonds for money. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Really interesting. Um, I'm, I guess if we're talking about stuff we watched too, I watched, uh, the one about, uh, it was on Amazon. It was like the four part series about Lorraine Bobbitt. <laughs> you remember her? I don't think so. Like 2001, two or three, she cut off her husband's penis. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> yeah. And she caught so much shit for it, like being this like crazy psycho woman. But really interesting watching the documentary because it ended up being a lot more focused on domestic violence huh. and how um, like her husband's trial got a lot of um, airtime because it was like, is she guilty of cutting off his penis? Like, is she guilty yeah. of this crime? But it like what didn't get a lot of airtime was his case um, facing uh like abuse and rape charges and all this stuff because he like abused her and raped her. And then he like goes off after this whole thing. They both kind of get off of any charges, but he goes off into the world and he becomes just, just like disgusting grifter guy. Like he becomes this porn star because he had his like penis, like surgically reattached. And then he screws it up by like, he wants to get a, a, a penis enhancement surgery, like a cosmetic enhancement. And the doctor botches it. (laughs) And dude, it's just like, it's this weird thing, man, where you just watch throughout history, like how so many people gave him the benefit of the doubt because he was the one wounded. But yeah, uh, really interesting take. Unfortunately, really long. It's like four hours long. And I think Jordan Peele like produced it. But anyway, Hmm. it's on Amazon. It's called, I think it's called Lorena or maybe it's called Bobbit. But anyway, it's all about that whole thing. It's just really, really fascinating and interesting. And he ended up, like, nobody ever talked about it, but, like, over the decades, like, he went to jail for, like, abusing and raping, like, multiple women. (laughs) And yet everybody's, like, like, I brought it up at work the other day, and somebody's, like, oh, yeah, like, man, he had a psycho wife, huh? And I was, like, oh, well, what's interesting is, like, he's actually a really terrible human being. (laughs) And they were, like, oh, I never knew that. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah, man. It's all, like, how a story is framed. That's why. Yeah. It is. That's why film is so cool. Yeah. And then speaking of film, uh, Bailey and I had been talking. And she's like, we got to talking about, because we were watching a bunch of science fiction movies. You know, we watched Arrival. We watched Interstellar. And, you know, we're talking about, like, what's your favorite one? I said 2001. Easy. And, you know, she's like, I don't think I've ever actually watched it all oh, the way through. No. So yesterday <laughs> we, or maybe it was Saturday, we watched it all the way through. Um, it was really fun. What'd she think? 
yeah, she, I, I think she really enjoyed it. Like we were talking about it earlier today. She's like, she said, my memory of that movie, because I think she's tried to watch it a few times. She said, my memory of that movie is that it was the longest movie ever, the longest, most boring movie ever. And she said, this time around, it felt like it was really tight. Like it felt like it was really like moved along in the second half, you know? Yeah. Um, well, they did uh, increase the speed of the space shots in like the newer versions. What, but... What, but what's interesting is like the first version I watched was a VHS and I'm pretty sure it was like two hours and 15 minutes long, but the version that we watched was two and a half hours long. Oh, interesting. And I don't think that these were enhanced. Like maybe they were, but they seem to be just as drawn out as I remember. But also like the, it's weird because the movie's longer than like some of the other versions that I've watched. I don't know. Who yeah. knows? They could have, they could have done any number of things to it, I guess. But uh, man, the movie holds up. It's really good. Yeah. I kind of want to rewatch it now. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's really good. And especially like, I can't help but like watch that movie, like, and not think of you about you because of just like all of the cool practical effects they do, like the rotating sets <laughs> they build. Oh like, yeah, dude. And of course so my awesome. favorite one is the zero gravity shot with the pen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like the pen floating on screen. I've probably talked about it a billion times on this podcast, but <laughs> dude, it's mind boggling. Yeah. 1968, dude. I you know, just watch all wild. this stuff and it's so well filmed. Yeah. And like, you know, the plot is like kind of difficult to follow, but like if you just look at the v- imagery, like, and the symbolism there, like it's all there, you know? Yeah. Like, I yeah, man, know. it's a just really well done movie. It, it looks is. good too. The book, the first, like, bit when they're in dawn you know man. dawn of man that's like one of my favorite segments of a book i've ever read nice yeah with really moon good. watcher yeah that's his name that's the ape's name uh, okay yeah i haven't read it in a while I he's the one that like touches the monolith uh, okay dude yeah that, i kind of want to reread that now too uh, there you go <laughs> one okay one more thing because <laughs> you said jordan peele yeah. I love the Twilight Zone, and Jordan Peele is filming a Twilight Zone series. Nice. So, yep. He would, though. For that. Dude. I know, yeah. Genius, right? I Dude. think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Um, Get Out is like a totally like extended Twilight, ep- Twilight Zone episode. Oh, yeah, dude. And have you seen the the previews for his new one, Us? I know it looks so creepy. Yeah, yeah, it looks so creepy. But I loved Get Out so much, I might watch that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to. So, but Twilight cool. Zone, man, I'm stoked yeah, for it. Have to check it out. Anyways, I'll show. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, I think we're we're at a good place to stop. Um, I was hoping to like talk about like other stuff, but this was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that we need to touch on that we haven't yet is that we're currently running a giveaway um, for some really awesome uh, game dev bundles. We've got two on the line, and all you got to do to enter is. Uh, tweeted us telling us what you would use as game dev bundle to make, and it includes Game Maker Studio 2, uh, Right Mic, uh, Music Maker, and Asperite. Right? Is that how you say it? Um, Asprite, I think, but yeah. Asprite, Asprite, I don't know. Um, but anyway, uh, just tweeted us like what you would use these tools to make and use the hashtag GDQY2Giveaway. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> when i say it out loud it sounds pretty weird but uh that's the one you got to use use that hashtag let us know what you're going to make and in a few weeks we're going to draw uh at random from all those hashtags and see who the lucky winner is so yeah we got a, a bunch of interests already probably 20 or 30 people that entered but hell yeah gonna be pretty sick get your name yeah. in there yeah it is um, and you do got a few weeks left on that, so make sure you go and do that. And um, and in the meantime, if you guys want to support the podcast financially, you can do so by buying anything on Humble Bundle using our link, bit.ly forward slash gdq hyphen humble. And they've had some really good uh, computer-focused uh, bundles lately. Uh, they just took one off that looked really good, and I can't remember what it was. I think it was robotics. Anyway, uh, it was a book on um, coding and creating uh, robots using microcontrollers and things like that. They also have a microcontroller uh, book up there, which, again, not necessarily game dev related, but it is pretty fun. Learn how to use your Raspberry Pi and your Arduinos. Um, and now, though, they do have a computer science uh, book bundle, which includes books on cloud computing. They have a bunch uh, of Python stuff. Yeah. So, uh, 
some um, game development with Python. I think there's object-oriented programming stuff. I looked at it for sure. Yeah, it looks a little dense, but um, but they've been doing a lot of computer-based uh, bundles and software-based bundles like that lately. So keep your eye on that. If you ever find something that you're interested in, use our link, and we get a little scrape off the top of that old thing, and it costs you nothing extra. Um, other than that, I don't know. I guess there's if you guys are into RPG gaming, they got their Pathfinder uh, book set up there. Five hundred and five dollar value, probably like twenty <laughs> bucks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and of course, um, oh yeah, they also have this assets. That's what I'm. Oh, to say. that's got yeah, a fantasy, fantasy game, game dev, dev uh, assets. They've got like um, little fantasy based um, sprites and stuff, potion icons, little spell book icons, RPG weapons. They've got like armor icons and things. So for like a little RPG game or something like that, they also have like a trading card bundle for 20 bucks. You can get all that plus like a little trading card bundle that you can use to make like a trading card game, I guess. Uh, things like that. So pretty cool. Go ahead and check that out. Humblebundle.com. Um, and if you guys want to join the conversation, you can come hop on our Discord and hear all about Taylor rescuing cats every hour of every day. <laughs> uh, Bit.ly forward slash GDQ Discord. And you can always tweet at us, uh, and that's the hashtag that you want to use, hashtag GDQY2Giveaway. And go ahead and tweet it at us if you want. We're at GameDevsQuest. Um, that way we can see all these posts, too, and respond uh, with uh, you guys' project ideas and all that sort of stuff. And, of course, you can always email us, GDQ at AirPodcast.com. think that does it, man. Yep. Thanks, guys. Have a good week. Thanks. Hey, cute to have music. Mm-hmm.